0: You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 297. In this episode, we're going to discover why the order of your workout routine is vital for fat loss results and the complete structure to follow to maximize your body's ability to burn fat. And I'm going to share with you one exercise that hits 11 muscles at the same time. It could be your go-to exercise for when you're short on time. If you check out my YouTube channel, Fitness Makeover, you're going to find videos on these topics. They're not going to be as in-depth as we're going to go into here in the podcast, but it's still a great way to consume the information and check out my channel at the same time. One of the reasons I tackled this topic right now is that I see a lot of people at the gym doing the same routine over and over again, and their body is not changing, and they don't know why. To me, it's a real simple solution. It has to do with the order of your training. If you're doing cardio and then weight training, there's a specific reason why your body is not changing. When most people go to the gym, they jump on the cardio for 20 to 30 minutes, and then they do their weight training as kind of an afterthought. This is why a lot of people don't change their body. They're not doing the right exercise and using the right form of fuel that's most efficient for that exercise. See, cardio is aerobic energy, and that means it works with oxygen. It relies on oxygen to break down sugars and fats to produce energy over a long period of time. That's why it's a preferred source of energy for endurance activities like cardio or biking or walking or anything that's going to be long term. Weight training, on the other hand, is anaerobic. That means it works without oxygen. It doesn't need oxygen it actually works by breaking down those sugars very quickly for fuel that your body needs for bursts of intense movement, such as weight training. But that means you're gonna use those sugars quickly and you're not gonna have them available for an endurance type exercise. Your muscles are gonna get tired faster and you might even get sore. So that's a huge difference between aerobic and anaerobic. One you can do for a long time and uses both carbs and fat. The other one you're not gonna be able to do for as long and uses primarily sugars or the carbs for energy. So weight training is not efficient at using fat for fuel. So by thinking that you're going to do cardio first to burn some carb stores and then burn fat while you do weight training, it's not the right fuel source. It's not going to work. It's like putting water in a car engine. It's just not going to go. It's not the right fuel. This is why it's so important to work with the way your body works or work with your body's energy systems to get better results. So basically uh, the aerobic system is skilled in using both fats and sugars for fuel, but the anaerobic system is fueled better with sugars only. So by putting your weight training first, you're using those sugars to provide the energy that's the best, most efficient energy for that particular exercise. And since your weight training is gonna take you about 20 to 30 minutes, you're gonna tap through the majority of those carb stores. And that way when you get to doing cardio after your weight training, Now your body's ready to burn fat. You didn't have to waste 20 minutes on an exercise that's not efficient at using sugars. You've already primed it. You jump on your cardio. Now you're getting straight into your fat burning, which means rather than doing twice as long, you only have to do half as much because you don't have to go through the carb stores to get to the fat stores. You're already there. So by doing weight training for 20 to 30 minutes first and then your cardio, you only need to do half the amount you would normally do. Now, when it comes to the weight training part, it does have to be intense exercise. It doesn't mean that you have to be powerlifting. It just means that you need to be challenging those muscles and really working hard to deplete those carb stores. So if you're just doing 15 repetitions at a light weight, that's not going to do it. You need to make sure that you're challenging the muscles and usually the 8 to 10 repetition range is going to work for that. And make sure that your last rep is really a deep challenge. That's how you know you're going to be really using those carb stores for that burst of energy. Now, making your workouts more fuel efficient isn't the only reason why you should do weight training after cardio. Another reason is that your concentration and your focus needs to be fresh when you're doing your weight training. And you want your strength to be there as well. If you do your cardio first, you're not going to be as strong, you're going to be tired, and you're not going to be able to put in as much effort into the weight training. And that's where you might injure yourself, or you might just not do a good enough workout to really see your body change. So there's several reasons why cardio should be done after weight training. The benefits of doing weight training after cardio don't stop there. You're also going to have a more intense workout when you do weights first, and that's gonna give you a greater afterburn. So that means that you're gonna be burning more calories throughout the day, even though you're not actually working out all day long. Now, when you consider that cardio has an afterburn of maybe a few hours versus weight training that has an afterburn of 24 to 48 hours, that means you have one to two days of more calorie burning, even though you're not working out. So you get more bang for your buck when you're doing your weight training, And the only way to get that huge afterburn is by doing that weight training intensely enough to trigger all of that. And of course, if it's intensely enough, you're going to get stronger. You're going to see the body changes. You're going to deplete those carb stores. You're going to be able to tap into fat when you're doing cardio after your weight training. And you're going to see results. So now that you know the major reasons why you should be doing your weight training first, let's talk about what your routine should look like. When you get to the gym, you should be going in there and, yes, warming up on some cardio, maybe three to five minutes at the most. I usually use that time to kind of get my head into the workout I'm about to do. I think about whatever body part or whatever exercises I'm going to be doing. I check my workout log real quick and look and see what my goal might be for that day for particular weights or repetitions. Then you can certainly warm up further with some rotator cuff exercises or some dynamic stretches, but basically you want to do your weights starting with the large body parts, the ones that require the most energy. And that's legs and back and chest. And if you're short on time, don't worry about doing biceps, triceps, and shoulders. Those smaller muscles are going to get worked by the larger ones. And believe it or not, those smaller muscles will still change as your body changes, even if you can't hit them directly. So focusing on those large body parts, you want to do a warm-up set usually about half of your regular weight just to get your body used to going through the range of motion of whatever exercise you're doing if the exercises are dramatically different like a leg curl versus a squat then you might want to do one set in each as a warm-up and for your working sets choose a weight that you can do eight to ten repetitions so no less than six and no more than ten as far as your repetitions go and multiple sets can be appropriate. It depends on what your training age is. That means if you've been working out longer and consistently, you're probably going to do a couple more sets than somebody who's just beginning to do an exercise program. Your first warm-up set, and then maybe anywhere from two to three more sets, depending on what your goal is and what your training age is. Those reps are to be challenging. Sure, if you're doing eight repetitions, your first half are probably going to be not as challenging as your last half but you've got to make sure that you can keep that form perfect and make sure that you're using the target muscle so if you're doing back you better be feeling your back initiating that movement and staying tight through that whole movement if you start to feel your shoulders then your back is done You're switching to a different muscle group that's not supposed to be used, and that's the end of your set. And sometimes it's because you're fatigued, and sometimes it's because you're using too much weight. Just because you work out intensely doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be building bulk. There's certainly a different exercise program for building bulk, and it's definitely not something that happens by accident. So I wish people would just get that out of their mind. Intensity matters in changing your muscle, and it's just the volume and the different types of rest periods and exercises and a whole bunch of other things that come into play if you want to build that muscle. Now, when it comes to your rest periods, you only need to rest about 30 to 60 seconds in between each set. Usually that's enough time to get a sip of water or to stretch that particular body part because those body parts are going to actually be more flexible and warm from working out. So whether you stretch the quadriceps after squats or you stretch the hamstrings after squats, you just do something to use that same muscle and facilitate your rest time. And when you're going from one exercise to another, I wouldn't even rest, because by the time you get to that other exercise and set it up and get ready to go, it's probably a minute anyway, and it's usually a little bit more. And this is where writing down your weights and your repetitions has a huge role in your success, because if you keep track, you can go to that exercise, let's say you're doing a three-week program, and therefore you're gonna hit that same exercise three times in those three weeks, you can see if you're pushing yourself if you want to try a little heavier weight if maybe you need to go one more rep or maybe the last set you did you did 10 well it's time to go up and weight and see if you can get six or eight and then keep building from there so it saves you time in which weight to choose now of course i'm assuming that you're going to be using proper form for every exercise you do and when it comes to weight training you want to also think about the tempo We've talked about tempo on the podcast, and there's actually a couple of videos that are on YouTube about tempo that I've done as well. So you want to keep that tempo slow, controlled, steady, and really focus on the particular body part doing the movement and making sure you feel the right body part. If you're doing powerlifting, you're probably not going to feel that body part as intensely. But if you're not doing powerlifting and you're looking to shape and tone your body, then yes, you better be feeling the right muscle doing the appropriate work. And even though you might be able to do more repetitions, if it's not the right body part doing the work, you're done with your set. And the best example is when you're doing back. Sometimes you can keep moving through that range of motion, but it's not really your back muscles that are initiating or staying in control in those movements. It's more of your arms or your shoulders or even your body moving back and forth and that's it that's the end of the set there's no reason to continue if the muscle you're trying to target is not doing the work in the video I call this turning on your fat-burning mode and that's really what it is by doing your weight training first doing it intensely challenging yourself you're gonna be strong you're gonna get your best lifts which means you're gonna really work the muscle and focus that mind muscle connection. So you're gonna really optimize your weight training to stimulate your muscles to change using the correct fuel that's appropriate for short bursts of intense movements. And then going onto cardio where your body's already primed, it's ready to use fat, it taps into those fat stores right away because your fat burning mode is turned on. And that's the secret to getting more done in less time and getting faster results using your body's energies the right way and using them to work with your body to help it release fat for energy on top of that you have the afterburn effect which is only a couple hours for cardio but can be up to 24 to 48 hours for weight training so, again, another huge reason to do your weight training first where you're strong and you can really stimulate that afterburn. Because who doesn't want to burn calories when you're sitting at home doing nothing? I mean, that's the key to long term weight management, too. It's your weight training. So, if you're more of a visual person and you want to see the sets and reps and the whole program written out, then look for the videos on my Fitness Makeover YouTube channel. The first video is called Unlock Your Fat Burn Mode, powerful hack you need now, and I will put these titles in the show notes because I know they're kind of long. And then the second one that goes over the actual program as far as the number of sets and all the things we just discussed here is called The Perfect Workout Routine to Transform Your Body. And on that thumbnail, there's actually a picture of one of my clients, and this is the type of program that we use to get those amazing results that you see in that picture. So now is the time to change up your routine. If you have been doing cardio first, flip it around because you're going to get a more efficient workout. And that means you're going to get more done in less time. And as we come into holiday times or pretty much any time of the year, we're always striving to get more done each day. And this is the perfect way to do that and to optimize your results. So give it a try and then send me an email or comment on one of the YouTube videos or even here at the podcast and let me know how it works for you, because I know it's going to do great things for your body and even better for your schedule. Another video that is up on the YouTube fitness makeover channel is called one stability ball exercise for abs, core, and 11 muscles to get fast results. And this is kind of one of my go-to exercises when we don't have a lot of time and I know that I want to work a lot of different body parts at once with a client. And it's the stability ball fly, but it's not just any stability ball fly, it's the stability ball fly with alternating arms. In this video, I actually use the visuals of some of the different classes that I'm teaching to show you exactly the different muscles that are targeted and to explain how your abs and core is working the entire time and even more so your obliques, those little side muscles. When you're doing this stability ball, first of all, you know you're going to be engaging your core, your abdominals, your lower back. But when you have to roll out into that bridge position, and it's very important to remember your head and neck should be fully supported on the ball when you're in that bridge position. Now you've not only using your core and your lower back to stabilize your body, but you have to lift your hips, which means you have to use your glutes And your hamstrings and your quads and your calves to keep yourself in that position for the entire exercise. On top of that, when you're doing an alternating arm fly, well, that means it's gonna take you twice as long in that bridge position to do the same number of reps if you were doing both arms at the same time. So now we're adding that factor in. And then when you're alternating the arms, as one goes down, your whole body is trying to turn towards that side. So you actually have to engage your core and your glutes and your hamstrings to keep your body steady in that tabletop or bridge position. And then, of course, the arm comes back up, the other side goes. So you're constantly fighting with your body to keep it in a straight position as the weight is trying to pull your body to one side. That's why I think it's a really great, effective exercise because you have to work. You have no choice. You have to think and work all these muscles at the same time. And one of the secrets that I think I said in the video was that if you think about taking your breath in as your arm goes down and using that time to signal your body to lift the hips a little higher, then you're going to be able to keep that bridge position a little bit longer and easier. And then of course, when the arm comes back over the body, you're exhaling and that's the time to squeeze the abdominals, the obliques, the low back. And if you think of it, push those hips even higher. because you can actually get more fatigued through your hamstrings and glutes than your chest, if you're keeping a nice slow tempo and really focusing on each body part. And that's the important thing, especially with flies, because your arm is going down into a position that could be somewhat compromised for your shoulder. So you definitely wanna keep it slow and controlled, but you also wanna keep it slow and controlled so that you can focus on all those little muscles that have to work to stabilize you. So again, if you're short on time and you have a stability ball and you don't need heavy weights for the fly exercise, I mean, you can even do it without any weights at all and still command your core and your glutes and hamstrings and everything from the neck down to work for you. So if you're short on time, just get on that stability ball, focus on doing the alternating arm fly and keeping all those muscles tight and engaging each muscle as you move, there's a lot of movements going on in all the other muscles, even though it seems like you're only moving your arm. You're actually controlling the obliques, the abdominals, the lower abs, the core, the back, the low back, everything. And remember, when you're doing your fly, as the arm comes down and you're stretching your chest, you're squeezing your shoulder blades. You're keeping those shoulder blades back on the ball, but you're squeezing them and then you're using your chest on the way up. So that brings back, chest, shoulders, biceps, and even triceps are going to be used in that motion as well. It's a great exercise to do anyway, and even greater for your abdominals, core, and, well, your whole body. In nutrition, I'm working on a video about yo-yo dieting, which will probably be up by the time I get this podcast up as well. And again, this is one of these things we need to think about when we're going into holiday season, because sometimes we say, oh, I'll start the diet in January or I'll start the diet on Monday and there's always a different day. But the thing is that, you know what? Diets are not what we want to do. They really mess up our bodies and our metabolism. And as I'm finding out in my research, they actually can even lead to a premature death. And that was interesting that the studies showed this doubled risk of heart disease or heart attack in people who did do a lot of yo-yo diets that were otherwise relatively healthy people. So it's really something to think about. The up and down of weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, it it puts a huge amount of stress on the body and of course on your emotional state as well. So rather than thinking about, oh, I'll do a diet then or here or whatever, eat right through the day or do the best you can. Enjoy certain holiday foods that you might not have during the whole year. You just don't need to gobble a million of them. You know, have a little taste here, have a little taste there. Make sure you stay on your exercise program. And if you can't stay on your exercise program, then this is where I always say use the opportunity to get more movement. Park a little bit further away when you go to the grocery store. Take the stairs instead of the elevator if you have the option and it's feasible. Maybe add a little bit of time or distance to the walk that you take your dog on if you have one. Or walk your neighbor's dog. I'm sure neither of them is going to mind. The dog will love it. The neighbor will be happy too. The point is, rather than trying to go all or nothing, focus on keeping your food schedule as it should be. If you know you're going to have a big dinner, then maybe your lunch will be a little bit less, but that doesn't mean that you skip your lunch altogether because that's going to mess up your whole metabolism. Our goal is to not have to do diets at any time of the year. It's just that, hey, we might just kind of control or move back our eating a little bit here, a little bit there, but we're still fueling the metabolism with food so that it can stay up. If we can keep the metabolism high, then those other foods aren't going to be a big deal. Yes, you might be a little bit bloated or carry some water or something after you eat things that you're not used to. But at the end of the day, you still have a proper meal structure and proper food combining using your proteins and your vegetables and all of that. And you don't have to be perfect all the time. You just have to be consistent with keeping your metabolism stimulated. And that comes through your exercise and your food now in motivation this is all about mindset and everything we just discussed all plays into your mindset in order to change the order of your routine you need to click that mindset that says you know what this is the more efficient way to do it this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to put my most into it same thing with the eating you need to flip that switch and say you know what I'm not going to go all or nothing. I'm not going to diet in January. I'm going to just eat like I normally do, all these smaller meals through the day or breakfast, lunch, snack. However you break it down, then I'm going to enjoy myself with some of these other foods. So maybe I get a little more activity or maybe instead of having um, chicken and a whole potato, I'm going to have half a potato for lunch. And that way you stay on track and it's not so detrimental to your body or to your mind. If you make the decision in your mind first that you're only going to have so much of something when you go to a party or that you're not going to mindlessly grab some of the whatever snacks they have out there then yes you've made that decision and it's going to click and it's going to support you and sometimes you have to repeat that phrase or decision over and over in your head to make it really stick and stay the more you do it the easier it gets and that's what repetition and habit are all about It's not about making it perfect. It's about making progress and making sure that you're in line with what your true goals are. For those of you that are on my email list, I'm going to be sending out a coupon for the 28-day makeover because right now is the perfect time to do that because it reviews your proper structure for nutrition. There's a big module on that. I actually have the workouts in there as well. So if you don't go to a gym, you can work out at home. If you go to a gym, you can still do your weight training, that's fine. And we go over the specific goals and figuring out your why and things that are gonna keep you motivated. And when you think about the fact that it's only 28 days, Okay, it takes 21 days to form a habit. So think of the good habits you're going to be forming by following the program. And more than anything else, eating correctly, knowing how to combine the right foods for nutrition, not only for energy, but for weight loss and for your health is the biggest part of any health program because your nutrition is going to help your mindset. It's going to help eliminate cravings because a lot of cravings come from blood sugar dips and you can avoid that. If you've got your nutrition laid out. Your nutrition also gives you the energy to do your workouts and to feel good and to avoid different temptations for foods that you might not normally avoid if your blood sugar levels weren't quite regulated. Blood sugar levels being regulated is how your body knows it's okay to let go of fat. So there's a multitude of reasons why you need to follow not a diet, but a proper nutrition plan, a proper eating plan. And the only way you can do that is by learning and increasing your knowledge on nutrition. So that's why I think the 28 day makeover is a great thing for everybody to get the right mindset in nutrition, because that's really key to getting the body you want and keeping it. Okay, so here's three things I want you to do. First, check out those videos on the YouTube channel and that's fitness makeover, it's all one word. And sometimes getting that information in a different media form really impacts how it sinks into your head too. So that's why it's always good to learn multiple ways. Number two is do a podcast review if you haven't already. And number three is make sure you're on my email list so I can send you half off the 28 day fitness makeover and then that way you can enjoy the holidays and eat the foods you want and still stay in shape. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com.